Welcome to After the Show, your weekly movie podcast brought to you by A. Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, listeners. Welcome, Sid Talk. Hello. How are you doing? Great. That was a long time of silence. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about, but. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you saying? <laughs> Unimportant. Unimportant. Good day. Good afternoon. All right. Good afternoon. What were we talking about before the show started? Mm, not much, really. We were kind of in our own little worlds. Yeah. As, as you do. <laughs> as you do. As you do. All right. So it's Saturday, June the 3rd. Welcome to June, everybody. Is it summertime? I don't know. That, I don't think technically. Technically no. not. Guess not. Technically, we're still in winter time. Winter, no. <laughs> All right. Is this the weather report? What yes. are, who are you, David? What's his face? It's the season report, yes. <laughs> All right, Saturday, June the 3rd. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast. And on episode 790, we're looking at the movie Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. It's a 2023 movie released on Blu-ray this upcoming week. On 4K, Blu-ray, it's on streaming already. It's rated PG-13 from our friends at Paramount, who sent us the 4K disc for review. Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Hmm. Synopsis of, like, a magical world. A dude has lost his wife, needs to save his daughter. There's magic, did I say that? And creatures and interesting situations and that's it all right i'll give you the one off the box. it wasn't off the box come on it says a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people mm. i mean that sounds a bit generic i liked mine better but whatever all right, so Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, based on the role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons, which is a tabletop game that also spawns some video games. I'm not fully versed in Dungeons & Dragons. I've never played the board game. Which is good, right? Because I know nothing about it right. whatsoever. So I think if this lives in its own little world and you enjoy it, So what I know of it is I've played a couple of the video games. Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale. You have no experience in Zero. it apart from you have seen people play Dungeons and Dragons. Hasn't our niece played it while you've yeah, been there? Yeah, but I'm not, I, I wasn't really paying attention. Right. <laughs> it was that interesting, was it? Well, I don't find it. No, I don't think it's uninteresting at all. It's just like you're, it's like sitting down for me to watch a baseball game. I know nothing and I'm not going to sit and ask every single time a thing happens. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, what is that? Oh, is that good or is that bad? Like, I'm not going to do that. So I'm kind of checked out and because you can't glean all the information just from watching, right? I mean, it's fascinating. It's a whole world. It's more fascinating than Monopoly. Oh, yes. So Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, loosely based on all that stuff. What did you think? I loved it. I feel like it was, from the very beginning, looks gorgeous. Yes, of course, I'm always going to have a little bit of issue with occasionally special effects that look a bit meh, but I tuned that out because I really enjoyed all the characters, the look of it. I like, because I don't know anything about the world. I love that when you dive in, it's already like you've got beings that are cats that are walking around in the world and little tiny 
creatures that are weird, like the brains on the little legs. They look like oh, yeah. raw chickens or something. And it's all just, it's not discovered throughout. It just is. It's like, boom, boom, here you go. Right. That's one of the things I really loved about it. It's like, okay, so anything that happens, I have to accept that in this world, these are the laws of the physics and the magic and everything. And that was like, you get off to a running start. You know, it's not slowly revealed to you, you know? Yeah. I enjoyed that. You can't be surprised by anything that happens. Because anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're really very inventive with the, with the like set pieces. There's a set piece involving a portal, let's say. Mm, yeah. And with a highway, like a stagecoach. And I was constantly like looking at it going, wow, that is really cool what they're doing with it. Riveted. Yeah. Weirdly, the portal looks just like the portal from the video game portal. The same shape. Maybe the game portal took... The idea from Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. I mean, a portal isn't exactly a new idea, is it? No. (laughs) But they do use it really coolly here. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're going to get dragons. There are definitely dragons. There are definitely dungeons. You get your little party of adventurers. I mean, there's one dungeon and one dragon. So don't hang your hat on that. Is there one dragon or two? Yeah, there's a one in a flashback where he's flying over and like shooting rocks at everybody or whatever. But it's very brief. It's not like a feature of the whole thing. And then the other one is uh, the pudgy dragon. Well, and I was satisfied over the dragon uh, content. To be fair, I, I'd forgotten that it was Dungeons and Dragons, and so Dungeons and Dragons didn't <laughs> didn't register. I didn't care. <laughs> right. I could have had zero dragons, and that would have been fine. There's like a um, a thing which possibly is a thing from the board game, but it's a big games that they hold in the in the middle of the big uh, city, and it uses like a labyrinth motif which right. i which i quite i kind of liked it reminded me of the hunger games kind of thing stick them all in the thing and see who lives you know i mean it was not at all like the hunger games so i'm not sure why you you said that during it too and i'm like what are you talking about you I know mean, like a big game where you throw all the contestants into it and like it's deadly and but so so we're like you know the coliseum from ancient times yeah, and that's I mean, not all, hunger games <laughs> that also reminds me of this okay gotcha but it's cool it's it's like motorized I don't know what magic eyes, let's say. Yeah, it has the, to be. Yeah. The labyrinth can change shape and change form while you're running through it. But I, I thought the visuals, I really liked the visuals, the entire thing. I thought, wait, what did you have a problem with visuals? Because I didn't have any. Well, there was just the occasional not great movement of body parts of what look like CGI creatures. And, you know, you know, I have a thing if it looks a little bit ragdolly or like it's not connected to the world. So in the CGI, they're making like C3D frames and stuff and like to have it grounded where the where the creatures actually standing on the ground in front of you. Sometimes it's a little like wonk, you know, like cut paste looking just for split seconds. So it's just me. I have. And, you know, and then there were occasionally where you could tell it was green screen and it wasn't great with the cutout or the way that the rim around the person on the big set piece, wherever they were. But again, I just sort of let it go. Didn't notice it. They do have a lot of real life locations. It does look expensive. The movie, when you're watching it is one of the things I noted. Mm-hmm. It goes all over the place. Uh, visually looks different everywhere. The city itself. I really liked. You might think dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves. It's like a serious thing. No, it's actually got a comedy tone to it. 
It does, but it is serious. I mean, we're talking about that's one. That's my one real complaint, other than the little glitchy CGI, which you kind of have to overlook these days. But the amount of effort the dead red wizard has gone to to infect a few more people <laughs> with this zombie thing, yeah, because that's the thing. So. There's this dead wizard guy who's like kind of using this live wizard lady as his puppet. She's working for the shyster who is Hugh Grant in this city. And they're trying to pull all these people together so they can put this red dust in their face and make them turn into zombies. Like that's the actual plan. Yeah, the evil plan. Right. So it doesn't seem that broad. Her being there and just slowly doing evil magic to like destroy the kingdom sounds like a much better plan. <laughs> than to like infect one stadium full of people. I don't know. It just seemed a bit like underwhelming when you try to think of like powerful wizards who could, you know, destroy the kingdom and all that. And then this is again, when I'm talking about a big battle scene or a big set piece, that's like the big reveal of da ha ha with the mustache swirling, you know, whatever villain it is at the end. And then all of a sudden she's just floating above this Coliseum. Plus Two seconds before, the Coliseum's full of a bunch of people, and then they all drain out very quickly, and then yeah. none of her dust gets on anyone. So you weren't into the body much. Oh, I love the bad guy. I, I love the idea of the Red Wizard and how they want to, like, infuse. He's, like, disgusted with... He's kind of like... um, What's his name? Captain... Not Captain. Agent Smith from The yeah. Matrix. Humans are, like, disgusting bugs to him, right? To this dead guy, living people... Life is disgusting to him and he wants to rid the world of it. So that's an interesting concept. He wants to turn everyone into zombies, but then so did the Ice King or whatever he was called from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Wanted to turn everybody into a zombie. So I like the idea, but then the execution was some, seemed really small when, you know, you could have, I don't know. I didn't write it, but that was my only other like, okay, is that, so that's it. And then she got beat up and then that's the end of the threat. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it did fizzle out at the end there. I mean, I don't think it was fizzled. I wouldn't go that far, but it was sort of like, she's magic, and you just beat her up? Well, they, did, you think use, that's... they did use some techniques. <laughs> yeah, but literally just beat her up and drop some rocks on her. And then we all know that doesn't... I mean, you know, Jason and Michael, they don't just go away. Because <laughs> yeah. you throw them out a window or drop some rocks on their head or chop their head off, whatever. They're going to keep coming back. If you can do magic, you need to turn her inside out and then chop her up into a million pieces. I don't even think that'll do it. You have to like <laughs> dissolve them into nothingness. You know, I mean, I'm talking about liquidation, like dumping the water on the Wicked Witch. You have to melt her down and make sure she's gone. They didn't do that. So the comedy's actually quite funny. There was a lot of funny lines in it. Yes, very good. I love the balance. A lot of it came from like people wisecracking. Sometimes can become really boring after a bit, but they just did it right because it wasn't always funny, was it? There were moments where it was trying to be completely dramatic. Yeah, because I mean, we have a dude whose wife was killed by a red wizard, so it's just very sad. And then he's left to raise his daughter with this other woman that he meets. I love that storyline, by the way, that it's not romantic at all. It's just that he found this friend and she helped him raise her daughter and there's no like love interest there. It's literally just a woman who's like a warrior lady and him who's like the, what's he called? A minstrel singing minstrel kind of a guy, right? Yeah. 
and then their daughter. So that's a different kind. It's not like a love story or anything. So I really like that part. Uh, so let's get on to the cast. Chris Pine is the hero of the piece. He plays Edgin. What did you think of him? I'm not sure if he's the hero. So I'm going to argue with that on that. I thought he was really fun. And I'm not huge, not always a huge Chris Pine fan, but the times he's kind of wacky and interesting like this and like, what did you call it? Into the Woods? Yeah. In fact, it's very much like the character from Into the Woods. It's like not- the bizarre kind of like. Full of himself, but yeah. not really. Bravado, yeah. but he's might be a bit broken, but he's also like full of himself. Yeah. True. But he does seem to f- do that well. There was a part in this movie where he was a decoy. Do you remember that? Yeah. Singing. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, the, the decoy sequence, I'll call it. Oh, and I was going to say, one of the sub... Like, each of these stories... So you've got the non-romantic relationship of two people raising their daughter. Then you have this wizard, young wizard, who has no confidence. And this is his problem. He can't unlock his magic because he's so down on himself. And that's like a real thing in life. Yeah, he thinks he can't do it. So. Yeah, and just inside of him really thinks he he's not good enough, can't do it. And it's it's not done in a way that's like, ugh, I didn't like the character because you know me. I don't like sob stories and I don't like whiny right. ass people. He wasn't. He was like right on the edge of just right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, And really also his that. character was right on the edge of like, he's going to be this badass mag- magician or he, you know, his voice in his head is going to tell him he isn't and yeah. then he's not going to. And then the other lady that they find who is, I could, I didn't catch what she was born as. She has like little horns and a tail and she can, she's a shapeshifter basically is what we call it in other science fiction things, but she can become any animal at all. Yeah. she's Her good. story is very interesting. Like she's abandoned by her parents because she's different. And then she's doesn't give him a chance. She dated the wizard with no confidence once a long time ago. And because he had no confidence in himself, she was like, no, I'm not into that. Like, it's very unappealing. And then they, of course, go through this whole adventure. And he's like, do you want to try again? And she's like, okay, whatever. And he gets excited. And she's like, calm down. Yeah. So she, there's no, like, swooning over anybody. Not even dudes swooning over ladies, maids, and what's it called? Maids of honor? No. <laughs> damsels in distress oh, okay. <laughs> there's none it doesn't have any of that which i really appreciate it and it was like i made the conscious effort once i started noticing that oh you're right and i've just only just noticed it yeah and sometimes it's a little too much like they're they're pushing it over but this was very balanced like everybody had a role to play that was vital in the, the whole of it not just that but in the story itself like i wasn't rooting more or the dad or the daughter. Hugh Grant wasn't the only bad, the villain. You know, there's other villains and other ideas that are like you want to conquer the ideas and the all that. So I feel like it was really nicely balanced. So we've also got Michelle Rodriguez as Holger. Now, interestingly, I remember this about you, that you don't generally like her. Correct. I think you liked her in this one. And yeah, I'm just I don't guessing. dislike her. I mean, but you, I'm just, I you don't just find... think she's like, it's like one note or something, um, what she's doing. She's trying too hard to be cool sometimes. Yeah. And this one, nah, she just was settled into this warrior lady. And also, you know, when she walked up to the house, she's like, you painted the shutters. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> but like, in a, again, everything didn't, nothing tipped too far in any direction for me. So she wasn't like too rough and rugged and just like wanted to murder everybody and was super broken and heartbroken because this dude had got rid of her a long time, whatever. Like there was nothing 
it was all like, oh, we've got this big part of her personality in her life and it's balanced out with, oh, she's also interesting and loving and all the stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I did like her, yes. I think one of the things that turned me off to her the most, sadly, was that one movie. Oh, yeah. I, oh. I, I'll, I'll tell you what you're talking about. You're talking about the movie from the guy who directed The Warriors and he made a movie with like a, like a transgender character. Was that what she was? I mean, she wasn't. See, that's what it was so not. It was I, weird. It wasn't. It was an unfortunate story. It wasn't a good movie, and I can't remember. And it was name. unfortunate because, like, she's a she's a dude in the beginning. I mean, she's a play. They like, get her dressed up like a dude. <laughs> it's really bad. Which is really bad. And then they, the villain is a surgeon and does like an unapproved or against her will. She doesn't even know it's happening. He doesn't know it's happening. Does a complete sex change operation on this person to where she then is Michelle Rodriguez. I mean, you know, then she's a woman when she was a man. And then there's this weird, like, she has to play it like she's still a man, but then her body is Michelle Rodriguez. It wasn't. Even and though it was, that premise actually sounds awesome. It's un. I don't think it sounds awesome. I think it sounds very violating and terrible. But, I mean, it also wasn't executed well, or even with a, a higher idea or like a lesson or a moral to tell. It to just be like a revenge movie, didn't it? Like yeah, it was Sigourney Weaver and her brother got killed or something. And then, well, spoiler alert. We, I'm not going to tell you the name of it. You'll just have to figure it out. I can't even remember. That's <laughs> but that's one of those things that I was like, oh, Michelle, I get why you're doing it because he's famous and he's done a cool thing. And this sounds like a cool idea, but. I liked her in this a lot. Yeah, I did but too. I also like her in the fast movies, and that's just me. Sophia Lillis plays Doric. Now yeah. I'm now I'm like going to struggle because I don't know all these names. Which one's Doric? She's the one with the tail. She's the shapeshifter. Oh yes, yes, and right. she's really good. I really like the way she does it. She's very low key. She's very funny, actually. Yeah, and she's a little bit smartass, a little bit, but not like too much. And yeah, I liked her. She's clever. Hugh Grant does his best mustache twirling villain. Um, <laughs> Correct. And he plays Forge. What did you think of Hugh? He was fine. I it, mean, I do think he brought... It's like he's in pantomime. like a. Yeah, and he's... Because <laughs> he's it, slightly likable. Slightly likable yeah. and extra charming. He can say things and do things. And you're a little bit like... Oh, he's just saying it in such a way with that big smile. But he's actually a terrible villain, so... I did, did a fine job. He seemed to fit perfectly, yeah. Roger Jean Page plays Zenk. He's the guy who's like the smooth guy. He's kind of like, what, Legolas or Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings, would you say? He's like this smooth, he Ooh, seems perfect. Operators. Like, he, he literally seems like the perfect hero. But what this guy's problem is, is he's not very personable. <laughs> Everything else is really cool, but... He, he's not very good to talk to, is what Chris Pine said. I disagree, though. I think he's fascinating because he's like the blue guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. They don't overtly say that he doesn't understand puns or that he takes everything literally, but he does take everything literally. <laughs> so when she says they're real sons of bitches, he's like, so we're blaming their mothers for their yeah, behavior. Exactly. And she's like, no, that's a, a phrase, you know, like. So I like I liked him a lot. I thought I liked, he was like my favorite part of him was where he's he's finished with the group and he's walking away down the beach and Chris Pine says, "Look at him, so perfect walking in a straight line." Oh look, he's coming up to a rock. What's he going to do? And he just walks over the rock. <laughs> he doesn't of going go around it. Or he just goes straight. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. 
Yeah, so it's that kind of humor. And he was good. He did. He held it just exactly right. I, I like that one. Justice Smith plays Simon. See, and he was really good. Oh, Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of my favorite things in the whole movie. Simon's the wizard with the... Lack of confidence. Lack of confidence, yeah. And Daisy Head plays Safina. She's the bad baddie. And the baddie has this awesome, like, dress that changes color depending on how she... Oh, I love that. It says, like, a mood ring, but it's a dress. Yeah. How evil she is, it changes to purple and black and red. The whole thing just... I actually liked her, She, but she was, like you say, underutilized a bit. Dispensed with very easily. I would have liked to see more of her. And she was just mostly mad the whole time. Like, we don't really understand her or why she's this dead guy's puppet. We don't understand the link or anything like that. So I would like to have had that more. But I do have to say more about the Simon guy who was the char- the guy without the confidence. The way that he delivers the lines where he knows he's kind of insulting himself or he's taking on board like an, an, an a criticism, but he kind of pauses and like, yeah, thanks for that. I mean, it's it's just right. And again, I don't normally like the, uh, the smushy characters who need somebody to just say... Toughen up, right? Yeah. But I thought he did it. I felt like he was always on the verge of cracking through. So I felt like he did an excellent job. Just not just the characters fun, but he was really good. Directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. So it's like a duo. They directed the movie Game Night, which I really liked. Yeah, that was fun. It was very surprising because you didn't, it was like, I didn't know it was going to go there. (laughs) And they also directed the remake of Vacation. If you remember that, that wasn't so good. Correct. Yeah. But game night is actually really good. It's uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah. I remember so maybe, being very surprised by Maybe it. that's where the speech that Chris Pine gives when the guy says you, you fail all the time. He's like, of course I fail. I just keep failing and failing because that's how you know when you're not failing. So maybe these directors yeah. <laughs> make enough movies that aren't great. So they're, they're like, yeah, we know we just got to keep going. Also, Game Night was about going around and playing games with each other, and this is based on a game. Well, I mean, it was kind of, sort of, but... IMDb reviews, what are those? Mm, Reviews on the IMDb that you love to make fun of when they only give something one star. Yeah, let's see who gives this movie one star. See see if they've got very little joy in their hearts, (laughs) you know? (laughs) The first guy says... So this is what some idiot ex-Disney producer thinks D&D is. They're not even close. That's it. That's it. Okay, yeah. okay. Got it. Second one says, For my sextuplet's 15th birthday, we watched Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. But they didn't like it at all. My 20-year-old twins didn't like it either. Damn, this person's got so many children. I think they're lying. My husband didn't like it either. And I thought my kids would like Dungeons and Dragons because people were saying it was like Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't need to see this movie. Just watch the trailer. That's a cheap way of going to the movies, isn't it? Yeah, kids. We're watching the trailer. Remember on the other day I said, I bet there are people nowadays who will literally just watch trailers and that's enough. Yeah. I really bet there are. I mean All right, kids. Sit, I don't watch I don't down. even want I don't even watch trailers. To like see what a movie's gonna be like. I'll, I will watch a good trailer. Oh, I know you do. And the last guy says, the worst film ever made. <gasps> the worst film ever made. It's a classic. That's a classic review, everyone. It's a complete waste of time. The trailer shows all the best bits of the film. Just watch the trailer. Oh my. Okay, so is this a new trend? We're gonna have to add this. So we have this, um, a little collection of classic negative reviews 
One of them is waste of my time. One of them is worst movie ever made. Now we're going to have to add to it. Just watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Extras. There are a bunch on the disc. What it actually says on the front of the box is there's over an hour of bonus content, uh, including deleted and extended scenes. Uh, it comes with deleted and extended scenes from Dice to Dragons, Honoring the Law, Rogue's Galaxy, Fantastic Foes, Gag Reel, and more. You'll be watching that probably. Yeah. So there are a bunch of extras if you want extras. Uh, we're going to give this movie, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, a score. You know what? I'm going to give this 8 out of 10. I, re- I really liked it. That's pretty good. I'll go with you. I'll go with 8 out of 10. And if people want to whine and cry about that, like 8 out of 10. Like it's not, you know, fucking Citizen Kane. Oh, there's your F word for the day. It's not Citizen Kane worthy, close to whatever, if people think that's perfect, which I don't. And yes, I have seen it. The reason I give movies like this an eight out of 10 is because I go into it. I knew nothing. I didn't even know what we were watching because that's kind of how I operate. I like the surprise. And I would sit through and watch any movie that you put on that screen for us to review. And then once it starts and I get the vibe of what it is like, oh, this is this is a fantasy fun and, you know, fantasy adventure movie. Okay. For that moment and that amount of entertainment from that genre, how well it's done, that is how I score a movie. Not necessarily in comparison to every other science fiction, fantasy, adventure movie that I've ever seen, or in comparison to what some people may or may not consider the best movies ever created in the history of cinema, right? That's kind of an unreasonable scale, I think. Yeah. It's like a competition. I don't see it that way. This is just more like, wow, that movie gave me this level of experience. And that's why I give it the high score. If anyone cared, that's I'm just explaining to you because, you know. Well, I laughed. (laughs) I was thrilled in parts. I thought it was a visual spectacle. I couldn't believe how good it looked. Even just the scenes that are not special effects. We're just in a castle or something. I was like, this is a really good castle. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So yeah, it's uh, something to look at. <laughs> that should go on the box. It's a looker. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst These. It's something to look at. Oh, here's it something is- I especially loved about Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez's character. Right? She loved potatoes. She did. <laughs> I'm like, right on, girl. <laughs> I was thinking of the lady who does the junior MasterChef, the young MasterChef. Yes. Who's she, the potato lady. Poppy. Poppy, yeah. That she would like this movie. Correct. A potato character. So, um, Well, no, it was not a potato character like from Doctor Who. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She just loves potatoes. She covets her potatoes very, very, very much so. so I'm, I'm with her on that one. So thank you to Paramount. Next week, we're looking at the movie Renfield with starring Nicolas Cage. As Dracula. How about right. that? Like I said, it's either going to be like, Dracula! I think Nicolas so. Cage, or it's going to be like, Dracula. So either one of those. It could, knowing Nicolas Cage, it could be both of those. True that. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while, so I'm no. interested. Movie recommendations. I am going with Into the Woods. Now, I, I, I don't generally like musicals. This Thinking back, this musical has Chris Pine in it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of my favorite Chris Pine things. It was just so funny. So Into it the Woods. It was really fun. Yeah. And my other one, thinking of Michelle Rodriguez, and I was like, I want to recommend one of the Fast movies. Which one do I like the best? I had to think hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's the fifth one that I like the best. The one with the, um, where they pull the safe 
behind the car. Boy, you really did think about it. I do really like that one. So Fast Five and Into the Woods. Nice. And mine are, let me see here. So for 2023, which is now almost halfway over, by the way, everyone, just so you know, just putting that out there. 2023, I'm going back through this century. So starting in 2000, science fiction movies that I have seen. This is not testament to their quality or to how, what score I would have given it or that I'm recommending that you watch it. I'm just telling you, even though you're calling it recommendations, I'm kind of skirting around that a little bit. So in 2013, we're up to Oblivion, which is the one I keep confusing Elysium with, but Oblivion is the one with Tom Cruise. It's very good. I love it. It is good. I really enjoyed that one. Pacific Rim, also good. Yes. We both enjoyed that. Riddick, which was fine. Riddick's the... Just Riddick. The second movie, yeah. (laughs) Right. Now, we both loved... The first movie, Pitch Pitch Black, Black, which is unexpected, had no clue what it was, absolutely loved it. It I had the same watching experience as Dust Till Dawn, where I didn't know what the hell was going on, and then it all just hits the fan, like, as we know, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's really good. I didn't even know. So same with Pitch Black. So Riddick is a character from Pitch Black. And then, of course, it becomes a Vin Diesel franchise. So Riddick is just a separate thing. So you might take a step back and go back and watch Pitch Black. But hey. And then The Host, which isn't the Korean one that we know of with the big creature. This is The Host. And I had to look up. Oh, I know which one this is, I think. Yes. The alien thing. And they take over the human bodies. And they're trying to, like, infiltrate humanity. So there's that. And then, guess what? what? The game, The Last of Us. Not the TV show? No, th- this is 2013 we're talking about. Yes, you're right. Oh. So I didn't even realize it was that long ago. No, it doesn't seem that long ago. I, I looked it up to confirm. So The Last of Us is, it is now a TV show, but it started as a game. So that was like at the end of the PS3. It was a PS3 game, mm. so we're on a PS5 now. So yeah, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really good. It's very, it's a good science fiction it's a video game that one of the first video games probably that you sat and watched all the way through where mm-hmm. I played it. And you were like, wow, that was just like watching a, a movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. A Scully stuff this week. I've been playing some um, older games. Uh, these are games from the PS2 era. So I've been playing a game called Stuntman. Have you heard of this one? I uh, know. Do you remember this one? I probably played it back in the day and I've been playing it again. So it's Stuntman. You are a stuntman. You drive. Okay. And each level is you making a different movie. So you're starting with you're making a kind of a Guy Ritchie movie where there's a car chase involved. So it's you driving the car. The director is in your ear telling you what he wants. So you're driving. He'll say, okay, I want you to go down the alley. I want you to knock the, the door off that car. I want you to jump the ramp. You know, so you have to, he sets up all the things in your ear, what you have to do. You have to execute them all. And then if you do it perfectly, you get to watch your run of it in a trailer that they cut, like a a trailer for the movie, but with your actual gameplay interspersed into it. It's a really cool idea. Starts off with a Guy Ritchie movie, moves on to like an Indiana Jones movie, a space movie later on where you're in a space buggy, and ends with like a James Bond movie uh, called Never Kill Me Again. (laughs) So it's like making fun of like the movie business, but also... You know, you're a stuntman who has to, you have to execute everything perfectly or he yells cut and you have to start again, you know, if it's not right, the take. So that's what stuntman is. It's a cool driving game, but nothing's ever been done like quite like it again. It was just a one-off thing. 
that happened. There was a sequel, which wasn't quite the same. But uh, it's from the PS2 era. It's called Stuntman. I recommend it. Mm. Sito, what's for dinner? Just to go back to that point, if no one's ever made another one like it, what does that tell you? Tells you that it was so unique, <laughs> it probably nobody cared. <laughs> nobody I'm, bought it. I'm taking a page out of the Dragon's Den slash Shark Tank uh, experiences where when someone comes with a great product and they've been trying to sell it for 10 years and they've sold like seven and then the sharks say, "Yeah, well, doesn't that tell you that nobody wants it's it? It's one of those niche things that I kind of really latched onto at the time and I thought, I wonder if that's still any good. I tried it this week and yeah, it's still good. Uh, it takes a certain type of person to play it, though. I was going to say, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue nostalgia on that a little bit, but hey, yeah. whatever. You enjoy the experience. Uh, what's for supper? You say I did dinner tonight's going to be some pasta with like some butter sauce and Parmesan cheese and a sloppy Jane, which we have learned is a plant based version of a sloppy Joe because we don't eat meat anymore. We haven't since 2009. That's not a judgment. So the plant based versions are female. Why is that? I don't know. Sloppy Joe, Sloppy Jane. Why is the other one a Why is the other one a male? I don't know. So they call it at least when we've had meal boxes, and they've had what is like a Sloppy Joe. Yeah, maybe people don't know what that is. A Sloppy Joe is like a. It can also be called a made right. Some people call it. So it's crumbled up, fried up meat, like crumbles, like hamburger meat crumbled up or sausage or whatever, and then with like a tomatoey, ketchupy, barbecue sauce, whatever flavor is culturally right for whatever. Like a deconstructed hamburger. Um, Sort of. It's like a smooshed up hamburger crumbled up with a bunch of ketchup mixed in it and then put on a bun. Right. So this will be a sloppy Jane. So it'll be that. And then the pasta. And the reason we're vegetarian has nothing to do with judging you for eating meat because that's really boring now for people to be like, oh, well, I still eat meat. I guess there's something wrong with me. No, I think there's something else wrong with you. The meat part is not even a factor. <laughs> nice. If you have that kind of weird shitty attitude, whenever someone ex- tells you like something different about them and you get all defensive and shit. Yeah. So we just don't eat meat because we haven't for so long and it's enjoyable. Don't you think to find all these things that we've never yeah. heard of or tried ever before. It's fantastic. Well, that's it. So my advice isn't advice. Well, Kind of, sort of is. It looks like advice from reading it. Well, it's just this. You cannot control people. I don't care if you're their parent and you think you can control them because you're their parent and like bully them into behaving the way you want. Because eventually, you know, people who we are, it's like a pressure cooker, right? You compress and you compress. There's going to be a valve eventually. And then when it blows and lets out who that person really is. It may not be going in the direction you want it to. So you cannot control people. You can only control. Now, if you're a manipulator or you're one of those snotty, hateful, passive aggressive people who like says one thing to get somebody to do a thing for you because you're so empty and needy inside that you have to <laughs> manipulate them, then you know, you you may think you're controlling people, but you're not really because inside of their mind, they're not with you. But All you can do is set, create, and control your own expectations of people, situations, behaviors, and whatever happens, like good or bad things that happen in life. And you can control, you actually can, your reactions. And that's it. Not the people and not what they do and not how they do it and how they talk to you and how they treat you. None of that. You can demand that somebody does or doesn't 
talk to you a certain way or treat you a certain way, that's fine. And then if between you, you work it out so that now the person does understand and then respects that and then everybody kind of, you know, adapts to treating each other with more respect, whatever the situation is. But really, if someone is snotty and hateful and dismissive and ignorant or you just constantly think they're hateful and, and dismissive of you, well, maybe that's just how they are. And maybe your expectations either need to be adjusted or abandoned. Or maybe they need to be abandoned and walk away. There's some advice for you. (laughs) Nicely said. I mean, if it's your child or your parent or your sibling, I know it's difficult, but there it is. There it is. Very good. You can go to ascully.com if you want to get this podcast. And go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's where we are on social media. I'm Ascully and she's Talk. You'll find us there. You can also get this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, Anywhere where videos and, well, not anywhere where videos, anywhere where podcasts are available. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, found that store at our mall, Vintage Entertainment or something. Haven't gone to it yet. Like an actual DVD store. I don't know. It says vintage gaming movies and music. So Mm. I'm wondering if it's like a Hastings inside, you know, the old fashioned Hastings. Yeah, Hastings (laughs) was good. I liked it. So you can also email feedback to me, ascoli, ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your emails. She doesn't. Stay classy, Mr. Chris Pine. I'd like to see more Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> from you. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone's going to do it for you. <laughs>